What up, everybody? Welcome to Table for One Dumb Boy episode. I lost fucking track again. I lost track after episode five. Who the fuck knows what episode it is? Maybe you, if you do, shoot me a fucking email. I'm, I'm dying here. I have to know. I have to fucking know. All right, enough of that. Um, I'm just going to do a quick little intro real quick for you guys. Uh, my guest this week was Robbie Goodwin. Uh fellow comic met him out in LA really funny guy really good at fucking impressions uh and we have a lot of uh the same taste in things comedic and otherwise uh so we go off on a little tangent about just you know whatever we hadn't seen each other this is the first time I'd actually seen him in person and like since I lived in LA in 2014 so uh damn you know five years ago it's been uh, but it was a good conversation. Only problem is, is my stupid fucking ass, I guess, jarred something loose with the fucking mic, uh, walking around, uh, carrying it in my backpack uh, on the subway and whatnot, and my mic shorts out a little bit. Um, it's You're going to notice it. Uh, it sucks. I really wish that hadn't fucking happened. This isn't the only episode it happened on. I recorded with Terry T., Hallie Tarpley, and Gio Perez on a, a, another episode uh, and it does it on that. Uh, my apologies to Robbie as well for that. Uh, we were going to do a swap cast. I wouldn't blame him if he doesn't use this uh, audio. Um, I like the conversation we had, though. We get into the Shane Gillis thing, uh, the whole state of comedy thing, the thing everybody's fucking covering, but you know we got our fucking opinions, and our opinions are the only ones that fucking matter. Uh, but no, Robbie's one of the good guys. Robbie's one of the ones that fucking gets it, and he... Uh, uh, it's really fun to talk about this stuff with. It was a really fun conversation. I'd hate for it to go to waste. Uh, I think if you listen to it, you'll enjoy it, uh, even though my mic shorts out here and there. You'll get the gist of it, though. There's no way uh, at any point you're not going to, you'll be lost or something on what we're talking about. It's pretty uh, straightforward. Uh, and Robbie's mic sounds great in the whole thing. You know, uh, we talk about Shane Gillis, Joker, all kinds of stuff. So, uh, yeah, I just wanted to, uh, do a little intro, let you guys know if you're wondering uh, why the audio on that sucks and my mic keeps shorting out. I'm aware of it. I'm sorry. I goofed. And uh, that's really all there is to it. But I think you'll still like it. I'm putting this one out for free. So what do you really have to complain about, right? Uh, and, you know, go listen to Robbie's podcast, Group Chat with Robbie Goodwin. Uh, it's really good. He has a lot of great guests. Uh, and, yeah, uh, so no, you know. Without further ado, here's Robbie Goodwin live from New York. I love New York City. Oh yeah, New York City. I love New York City. Oh yeah, New York City. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, I don't know if you want to talk about uh, Shane Gillis at all. I don't know who that is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure. Who Everybody that is. I've I've met here has said the same thing. Yeah, <laughs> I disavow Shane, but yeah. I support slurs. Well, what's crazy is like you know you get on Twitter and you see all these people like disavowing Shane, but every comic I've met here is like doesn't have a problem. Well, yeah, I mean it seems like the only scene that like really had, um, and Shane. The thing is that I said as I might, but like I think the thing Shane, it's funny how little Shane probably wants like even people to like talk about it you yeah, know, that yeah. much. I think he just kind of wants it to go away. But um, but I think at the same time he also does like people defending him. He just like I think guys like us where it's just like 
just regular comics defending him. Yeah. Just like regular comics don't have any political allegiance. Like, I don't think he wants those like free speech guys, you know, like super right, right wing guys, because they kind of rallied around him at first. And then, that's kind of like the worst thing that could happen in a situation like that. Yeah. But yeah, so uh, yeah, I kind of I kind of talked about it a lot on my podcast. And uh, Shane actually addressed it too on his podcast, which is I'd recommend you check out too. But yeah, so New York, I, I also feel like Shane is like, for the most part, pretty well liked in New York just because people see him around here and he's like, has, he's, he's done what this is like the only scene this is like really the new york comics like the only group of people that like like have any context for him and who he is yeah except for maybe philly comics uh or i mean i mean i mean definitely philly comics but a lot of the philly comics like hated his guts because they have like this weird scene where like half of them like i've known more comics from philly who have gotten canceled over nothing yeah (laughs) than any other scene i've ever seen so Shane, I don't think I don't know if people know this, but the reason that he got in trouble was because the minute he got SNL, some open micers tagged Seth Simons and just had that video ready to go to like oh, send man. him. Yeah. So Seth didn't like dig up anything. It was just like I guess he had people like trying to. You know, I actually can't tell, but it started with a Philly with the Philly like uh, some woke open micers just being like. Ooh, maybe Seth Simons would like to know about Shane. And right. he's like, ooh, DM me. So I think people, someone did maybe send send, yeah. send that clip his way or whatever. Well, it's weird because when I saw Shane got in SNL, I followed him for a while, you know. Like, mm-hmm. I listen to Matt and Shane's podcast every now and then. And, like, this minute I saw it, like, the day of, I was like, Shane Gillis? Like, I'm fuck, I was like, this is going to, something's going to fucking happen with this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was a shock to me. And, I mean, because... Um, it, I mean, yeah, the, when it happened, I, I was like, holy shit. But I was also like, that's odd. I think what was like shitty about the whole thing was that like, for me, I had a really bad day that day because like I, um, cause for those four hours when Shane got it, I was like, oh, there's hope that I could get SNL. Cause they just like pick someone just because he's funny. Like, yeah, that's yeah. it. Like he's a guy who clearly was really good at stand up and went around and did like everything right. And like. There was no like, I mean, you know, for like, I mean, clearly he is like a, you know, he's a problematic comic, but not in a way that's like trying to be like hateful or anything. He's just trying to be funny. If you just listen to him, you know, we don't stay on this long. Uh, Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, of course. I I, I, just, I did go over it with my podcast, but uh, my guest, I don't think really wanted to talk about it that much. So, yeah, this is fine. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what's funny is I used to be on the other side. I used to be a lot more woke. Like when I was in LA, I like kind of. Yeah. It's almost like it brainwashed me. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think I was just listening to a lot of like you made it weird, and I was like in college and stuff like that. Because or and also like I was broken or not broken, but like I kind of like I saw it happen so many times. I was like, this is getting you know crazy. But I was looking through my old DMs, and I was like. DMing with my friend and I was like what Tosh did was like super fucked up and he's like a total bully and blah 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 and now like Tosh is like one of my favorite comics (laughs) like his last CD was so funny also hilarious the same person I DM'd like 
we I went down a, a little bit, a few more paragraphs, and this is just a friend I went to open mics with in Boston, and he was like, "Hey, that was my buddy Sam Hyde's first time doing stand up. <laughs> what do you think of that guy?" And I was like, "He's hilarious, dude." You know, <laughs> I, I'm glad you brought Sam Hyde up. Sam Hyde's a Yeah. Oh, you shouldn't. You should like not just disagree. You should like denounce it. I mean, Sam Hyde is a racist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah which yeah. is which is shitty because he's also like one of the funniest people it, to, to ever thing. be. Yeah. It's like he does shit that's like he has done things that are undeniably funny. World Peace was funny, but it's one of those dudes. World you Peace can't, is a great show. It was so was funny. So funny, and I was like, that's kind of uh, how I got like into his, like the weird Sam Hyde wormhole. Yeah. Is when I didn't really know much about him. Till yeah. Then. And uh, that was pre cancellation. I was just flipping through like and saw it on adult swim i was like this is fucking really funny yeah didn't get any weird alt-right vibes from it no it wasn't from his videos it was, yeah well it wasn't a political show it was really his it was yeah those all of their like online activity and like alt-right was it, it premiered at the worst time because like alt-right if you don't know million dollar extreme world peace was like this like sketch of those on adult swim that got canceled it was on right the three weeks leading up to the election and then had one episode after the election so people were just had their knives out like they were just like we need to squash this alt-right like nobody even knew what alt-right meant until like that july whenever hillary did that speech where she's like the alt-right uh needs to there's a frog out there and we need to kill the frog right Pepe yeah. the frog i was like <laughs> What are you talking about? Okay. But, but I mean, look, I mean, but Sam Hyde, but so, so that was like a thing where it was like, I don't know, but it, it was funny. I don't know. That, that's one where it's like, it probably shouldn't be on the yard because Sam Hyde is a like legitimate racist. He is, like, the worst yeah. It, which he cultivates. Yeah, and that's. Yeah. Yeah. Well, did you see he got Banksy to spray paint his Instagram handle on Jeffrey Epstein's oh, house? <laughs> that was fucking. That was one where I was like, okay, I'm okay with this. Yeah. This, is, this is uh, this is pretty fucking neat. I feel like everyone is united against Epstein. That, that's like the rare like bipartisan yeah. issue of our time. Yeah, that that's interesting too because like there's a lot of. Uh, I see a few comics even saying this, like you know, like. Epstein's like uh, this whole Epstein thing's not like a substitute for a personality, and mm. it's just like, well, I mean, I, I, that's I don't think that's what the the issue is. Yeah, <laughs> the thing also, is like, it's a, like the dude like this knows. is all coming from people who didn't get into politics until 2016 and then met, made making anti-Trump stuff their whole personality right. too. So it's like, uh, what are you talking about? Exactly. Uh, but yeah, that's the thing about like like there's there's such a difference between sam hyde and shane gillis to me because it's like sam hyde m m means what he says and shane doesn't and yeah. like and his and and but the problem is nobody has context for either one into the whole world they're both the same thing they absolutely don't have context for the clip they filmed because like i've listened to that whole episode and like i think even on a recent episode of his, his new podcast like yeah. he was uh or not his new one but the one he'd been doing uh he was he said the same thing like it's like you if you put that out there like with no context you, of course it's gonna sound bad yeah like and also he he said it himself too like you know it's it's a podcast man it's not like a fleshed out hour he's been crafting for 10 years it's like him fucking around and trying and, and seeing what sticks sometimes yeah. it doesn't you know i said this before but i hate that um i mean look I, people are it's funny because like this this cancel argument weirdly came up again with the joker this week yeah it's like 
why is everything part of the fucking culture war now? I don't understand. I, it used to be that like movies and TV we could like escape from politics, and now everything is politics. And I have this theory it's because liberals lost the election and they realize they don't have as much con- they they're like instead of being like okay, we need to re- we need to recognize why we lost so much control. They're like, we need to exert as much control as possible. Right. So fucking entertainment, everything now is like a little election. Like, remember when uh, La La Land won the Oscar? Yeah, yeah. I was like, we did it. It was right. like, what? You did what? You, did you vote? Unless, are you in the Academy? Did you vote for that? Yeah. This, Roseanne this, this got fired at work. One of my, my coworkers were really like, they literally said, we did it. It was like, this what did gonna, you do? This does nothing. <laughs> yeah. It, nothing will change because Roseanne got fired. Yeah. And look, I, I get being confronted with like the horrifying prospect that Roy Moore also won but like controlling the fucking entertainment like this is just gonna make drive people more away from right, you right and like if we're, they're doing the same thing Tipper Gore did yeah. like in the uh, late 80s yeah. or 90s too it's like I, I, I don't understand I don't see why people are like I guess a lot of people are probably making the, the 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 same comparison that like this is exactly what she was doing with like metal records yeah. and stuff in the mid '80s, and it's just so fucking, it's lame, man. It's it's, it's probably the lamest stance you can take, like getting upset and like worrying about like a DC Comics movie. Yeah, yeah. And how that like yeah, th- th- this Joker one specifically feels very '90s. It really like we're going after the Joker and Eminem. Like was Eminem next? Like, right, right, the- right. Although they did do hand wringing when Eminem releases his next album. It's like, do you guys not realize you're? And so what's weird is because like Todd Phillips went out there, I guess, and he was like, yeah, I tried to be. F- it was, it, the headline was like Todd Phillips says he made the Joker because comedy is too. Well, that's not what he said. Uh, yeah, if you read it too, like you're. Yeah, like, he's like, look, I chose not to do comedies anymore because you have to deal with all of Twitter coming after you. Right, and then and it then did. all of Twitter <laughs> did that, and they're like, no, right, <laughs> no, we don't do that. <laughs> we don't do that. You fucking piece of shit. Let's get you fired. It's like. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that was, it's funny because, like, the critic, the critics are, like, giving it bad reviews in America, but, like, the rest of the world is giving it really good reviews, which is hilarious. I mean, it's just so... American crit- criticism has become just so intertwined with politics. Absolutely. Everything's political. And the Joker, for whatever reason, has come on down, which is funny. If you actually see the movie, it's actually very, like, leftist, which is hilarious. Yeah. But, like... But it's like, but because the Joker is on this side, people for some for some reason, I guess because Todd Phillips like said wokeness is bad or whatever. It's that suddenly the Joker's on that side, so we have to publish a good review and pretend it's not a good movie. Well, there's that, and also I do. It, it's a small part of it too. It's definitely like, uh, it's not like a big part of it, but. Todd Phillips also, I think people just don't fucking like him because of his. But whatever, dude. Every director who's, I mean, look, I'm not even a big Todd Phillips man. I think he made a good movie this time, but like, since when do directors have to be like cool people? Right. Well, I mean, I don't like as far as Todd Phillips goes too. Like even his comedies, like people are like, you know, it's shitty, like college bro comedy. Yeah. Even for like, it's still like the Hangover movies. I like. Yeah, they're they're, Hangover One is hilarious. They're like. 
better versions yeah. of shitty. You know what? I actually bro. like a Starsky and Hutch. I remember was actually kind of fun. Yeah, I, I, honestly, <laughs> man, I like all of his yeah, movies. Yeah. Like, I, I was excited when I heard he was directing Joker. But also, it's like you're getting mad at this guy, like for saying like woke. Like he he's saying, I personally made the decision not to make comedies anymore. Yeah, because it's too much of a hassle. Like, shouldn't this reflect on you? that you're clearly pushing artists away from comedy. Right. And that's why so much bad comedy is being made right now because everything has to be fucking safe. I'm sorry. People are going to get mad. They're like, well, what about always... Like, everyone everyone in the everyone in the comments are like, that's not true. What about Always Sunny and uh, The Righteous Gemstones? And I, like, I love Always Sunny. I love The Righteous Gemstones. It's like those are like... Oh, Danny McBride's least offensive show he's ever made. Yeah, yeah. This is... Dead. And the longest-running sitcom on the right, air. that shit was on when I was in high school. Yeah. Like, I mean... And, and by the way, Always Sunny, what you, need, what you need to ask yourself, it's not for the long-running shows. It's not for the people who are grandfathered in the problem with like woke shit is for newer comics who are coming up they're not getting deals like edgy comics the new guys who don't have the fucking goodwill that you they built up through the critical community they're the ones getting fucked because like if you think always sunny could come out with that pilot today yeah they drop like three n-words in that pilot that the pilot that whole first season like Mm -hmm. the episodes without danny devito yeah you could not never yeah can you imagine them making green lighting a show? And by the way, it's a brilliant episode. That pilot of Always Sunny is yeah. so fucking funny. The but first time I saw it, I was like, it was my favorite fucking show, like yeah. immediately. Yeah, but if you think networks would be, would any network, even FX today, would green light a show with a pilot called The Gang Gets Racist and it's all white cast? Yeah. You are mistaken. That right. would not happen today. They'd be like, can we add like a trans Muslim in a wheelchair? Yeah. <laughs> you know? it's, and it's, also, can the lighting be nice? Why, why isn't right. the lighting nicer? <laughs> That's the thing about the Joker. It's like it's weird that it's flipped back around. Where it's like the Dark Knight came out, and it was like a reaction to like the Joel Schumacher like or Batman Begins came out. All that it was like the Joel Schumacher like toy Batman, like the bright color shit, and and all the critics gave it good reviews because it was like oh finally something that's not for kids. It's not like mainstream palatable. And we've gone back around to being like all the Marvel movies that are like for everybody and like Universal. And I like those movies mostly, but it's like they're clearly like kind of. They're not very challenging at all. Those get perfect ratings, and the Joker movie, which is like clearly challenging because people are getting like offended and shit, gets the bad reviews. Did you see the Joker? I did. I saw it last night. Mm-hmm. I thought it was great. See it, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's not perfect. There's a lot of like, there's definitely a lot of like trying to be artsy. And it's yeah. definitely like it's definitely mimicking Taxi Driver a little bit, but I think. Like I saw his previous movie War Dogs was like him completely trying to imitate a good movie, and this was like him like actually making like a good movie. Yeah, I mean, I feel like if I go in knowing all those things, which I mean, I pretty much assumed anyway, like it was gonna, you know, and I think he said it himself, like you know, it's, it's heavily influenced by like Taxi Driver and King of Comedy a little bit, and mm-hmm. I actually saw a part from it. Some dickhead posted a, a, like a scene of it from Twitter, like oh, uh, yeah. the scene with him and Robert De Niro uh, on the talk show. That's like the climactic scene. Yes, somebody posted. You watched that. the full thing, the full scene. I saw what happened. Yeah. Oh my god. Yes, yeah, some asshole posted. I, I I don't know why. That's like the biggest scene. Yeah. You might as well not see it. I'm not gonna. I'm not lying to yeah, you. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it was like, wow, this really. Yeah. It it all builds up to that moment. So but yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't know. Well, maybe it'll still be good. I've been. I've got movies spoiled for me and still like enjoyed it. But see, oh, that sucks because that really is. Yeah, I mean, the whole movie is you wondering what he's going to do when he gets on there. Yeah, it's like, uh, there's no 
Yeah. Why'd you watch the whole scene? Well, I didn't know. Like, I, I kind of just, I thought it was just going to be, you know, like him and Robert De Niro uh, talking. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, you know, yeah. Like, and it would, that would be it. Yeah. Curiosity, too. Like, you know, it's yeah. like, I've been waiting for this to come out. Yeah. Well, I remember when the Avengers Infinity War came out, like, I went to go see, I went to Roast Battle, and I walk in, and I just hear Louis J. Gomez going, they killed Spider-Man! Like, I hadn't even seen the movie yet. I was going to go see the next day. He's like, they killed Spider-Man! They killed Black Panther! They killed everybody! It's like, Louis, this movie just came out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's cool. Well, I submitted every year, and I didn't really, I didn't get in until I started doing those podcasts and really got on their radar. They liked me. They knew me from my submission and liked my video, but um, yeah, I didn't get in for like three years in a row. I think you really, uh, I mean, I would maybe submit for for South because they might be looking for like more local Southern comedians. Yeah, because the New York one, it's like their lineup is so full. I'm I'm surprised I got in, to be honest. I'm like... Yeah, and there was only like four or five comics from like my level who like who, who got it. I mean, it's great that they even consider people. It's also like too the 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 one he's doing in the South too. Like he, it's probably a better option too because like if he picks you out of a certain uh, draw of people, it's like all expenses too, and it would save a ton of fucking money. Yeah, for yeah. the whole trip, which I think that's like I like what Lewis is doing with that whole gas digital thing and Skank Fest and stuff too, because he doesn't really have to care about backlash or anything. No, yeah, I mean, like he's pretty much self made on all. I that. think that's where these things are are kind of going though, because like. I mean, I don't think either. I mean, there's all this like talk about like a comedy civil war or whatever. Oh my god! And uh, and it's just like, I, how about like the winning? I wish it was just like funny versus unfunny. I don't know why. I mean, I guess it's Trump's fault, but it just feels like everything has like turned like every like. I just don't like that the culture war is like so infected comedy to such an insidious degree because. Because I loved comedy growing up because it was what I would go to to kind of like escape politics. Like, yeah, like Patton Oswalt or David Crosby have like Bush jokes or whatever. Yeah, yeah, I know. I agree. It was so novel back yeah. then. Now, now like, you listen to that and it's like not their fault. It just doesn't age well because of like how things are now. Yeah, it's funny. It feels the best at the time and then the worst a little bit later. Oh, you absolutely. I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Because I remember that David Cross album, like with like mostly Bush material, like some of it even honestly, like if you was it get, called like it's not funny or something like that. Yeah, that I one, loved that album so much. In, I like, worked at Burger King. And yeah. Like, yeah. I listened to that Dan Cook and Dennis Leary, which have you tried revisiting Dennis Leary? It's so bad. It's so bad. When I was like 11 or whatever, 12, I thought it was like the greatest. Dad yeah, Dennis Leary. What are we? What fucking? What are you gonna drink? Uh, cream with your coffee? Yeah, yeah. What am I? What are you gonna take it up the ass later? It's yeah. like Jesus Christ. Some part where he's just like, uh, I'm gonna be sitting there watching war footage with a fucking uh, ribeye sitting on top of my boner. Yeah, that's the God. thing. I think that that is like the woke stuff now. That 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 the Dennis Leary like Sam Kinison like edgy for edgy say or like you know just like dumb hetero shit yeah that was the woke stuff now do you know what I yeah, mean yeah yeah I think the difference though is that you're you were allowed to criticize that publicly and like yeah. you were allowed to be like this sucks <laughs> <laughs> yeah 
and critics would probably pan that at the time and be like, "This is stupid," as they should have. But like, you know, a Nanette comes out and it's like, every, it, it didn't get a single bad review. Right. Nanette got a hundred percent, then the Chappelle special got like thirty-eight percent or something like that. What did you think? I liked it. I did Not that he's not great at stand-up. It's just not for me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But um, this special, I thought, was one of his best that yeah. I've seen. Like, I, uh, I, I think... Th- I mean, Dave's one of my all-time favorites. I loved him since I was a kid. I always thought... I do miss silly Dave. I said that. But I miss when he would just like... He used to just kind of talk like this. Go around. Say something crazy. Ah! You know? And he would just like yell and just scream and run around. And now he's like kind of like a philosopher or something. And I think that's why people hated the special so much. Because he was like such a... He kind of grew into this like uh, authoritative moral center kind of not by his own design. It was a lot of it was just the press he got for like walking away from that show because he thought it was getting racist. Like choosing, choosing. You know, I mean, that's like such a that's such a bold like liberal idealistic. Like you did it. You didn't take money. You stuck by your guns because you hate racism. And now he's back and he's like, yeah, liberals suck right now. And so all the liberals are like, what? What is he doing? Yeah. So they think he's like giving a political speech. That's why they. Got got all these bad reviews when it's like no it like it's it's so funny how it feels like ever since that special came out we've had this woke in comedy it was kind of simmering out of the surface like but we've had the woke comedy debate like every other week since that special came out it feels like yeah it's been something different like every week yeah like, uh, it, it was that and the shane thing than the joker yeah and by the way they should go on tour together dave Chappelle, shane um, gillis and the joker that would be, dude what if joaquin was like that fucking cool where he would totally like yeah i'm, I'm on board for that full joker garb everything <laughs> what's the deal with chinese people <laughs> i would I, dude I, I don't even you, I don't know what the ceiling would be on how much I would pay to see that, <laughs> but um, yeah, dude, the Batman fucking sucks. <laughs> fucking hate that Batman, dude. Um, but yeah, uh, the Chappelle special too. To me, it seemed like he was like just trying to just get away with whatever he possibly could, just mm-hmm. just to see if he could and like prove that like he did it. I think. I think because yeah. he proved his point for sure. Like you know, I think people are like, oh, that stuff's lazy. That stuff's lazy or whatever. I mean, honestly, no. It's very risk-taking. He probably alienated so many audiences on the way to crushing on that special. Yeah. Because, like, I don't really, like, even though I love edgy comedy and doing it on podcasts or whatever, I don't really, like, do it on stage because, like, first of all, I'm scared of bumming out an audience. Like, I don't want to, like, ever, like, even 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 though I'm uh, always joking when I do this, like, when I, if I do something, like, racial or um, or gender-specific, it's probably gonna bump people out, and I don't even want to. Uh, that's not. That's not even really. You know, I enjoy that stuff. It's not really like my super sense of humor. Maybe on podcasts, I'll do like, voice like voices or whatever. But it's like, so I'm sure when Dave was running that, because when you do that stuff, you're gonna bump people out because a lot of people like just knee jerk here that kind of thing and like yeah. or whatever. And I think Dave probably ran that stuff. And how often did did he go up there and say? Uh, I don't think Michael Jackson did anything wrong and get people <laughs> pissed at him when that was just when he was just working that shit out. But luckily, he's Dave Chappelle, so he has so much cultural capital that he he can work that out, and audiences yeah. will let will go with him. They'll give him more. They'll go with him way more than other comics, and that's why he's able to completely exercise comedy and like use it to its full potential like that, and take the most unpo- take unpopular opinions like. And really turn them into really great bits. Well, I think like you know the Michael Jackson bit's a perfect example. Like of I saw that 
I don't agree with him at all on it. But I was like, okay, well, I, I want to hear him out, though. Yeah. Like, it's Dave Chappelle. I'm sure he has something interesting and funny to say about it. Also, what's great about comedy is the way he says it. You can tell he's joking. Yeah, that's the, <laughs> it, like, proves his point kind of like, you hear that bit, and the prop reaction is like, I disagree with that, and either I, but I don't think it's funny or think it's funny. And that should really just be it. Yeah. That's all there is to it. <laughs> like, and that's the problem is, like, people forget by nature of comedy, like, when it came to the Shane thing, they were talking about his podcast. They're like, "Well, he wasn't even he wasn't even trying to be funny." It's like, "Yes, he was. It's a comedy podcast. He's Maybe not doing a, he's not doing a fucking out material, but he's yeah." And so that was the thing with the Chappelle thing too, which it was like when you read, I, I read a lot of the jokes before I saw the special, and actually a lot of people said this. They were like, "I read the jokes," and I was like, "This is horrible." Then you watch it, you're like, "Oh, he's fucking." You lose so much just not seeing it, you know, yeah. not just reading it. This is the problem is so much of it is just when you read things in print, they come off so much colder and less there, – there's no emotion or – you don't see the emotion or the warmth behind it. And that's like – and so then – so when jokes are just like taken out of context, like when like the when Tracy Morgan got in trouble for saying if he had a son, he'd stab him because he was gay yeah. or whatever – Nobody ever got to see him do that. It was just right. someone. They, it was published because someone was recollecting it from their memory at a club. And if you just read in print Tracy Morgan saying, "I would stab my son if he was gay," you'd be like, "That's horrifying." But right. if you see Tracy Morgan live, you'd probably be like, "And then I crashed my car and I jumped up and down. And I put my belly out and I yeah. said, son, if you're gay, I will stab that bitch.' Right? You know? yeah, yeah. It's like clearly, like you lose so much. You just lose like ninety-five percent of the whole thing. Like it's like if he tweeted that, that yeah, it doesn't work. When That's you problem do that, with Twitter man. too, and it's like. Also, like, what is the goal? The goal, this does not, this shit of, like, getting comics in trouble. It changes nothing. Well, it doesn't change anything in it society. It doesn't change anything in society. All it, gets, it does is make comedy worse. That's all you're doing. It makes worse, and it, like, it, people lose their jobs over it. I, I don't yeah. understand this argument. I've seen comics that I respect and, and like have, have, have said this on Twitter. The dumbest shit I've ever heard, which is uh, cancel culture isn't a, a thing that's real. Yeah. It's like people have, like, Shane is a yeah. perfect example. Of yeah, that. and it's like, and the people who are getting canceled that it really affects... Like even Kevin Hart, it affected him. He got fired from the Oscars, but he re- he rebounded. And I was like, "Oh, he's fine. Look, he's fine. You know, oh, they get another job, whatever." People who it affects are the people who aren't famous. Yeah, you know, the people who get like like Shane is a great is is actually he's like unfortunately it sucks he, he lost his job and everything, but it's like it is the perfect example. Yeah, because he got canceled. He he everyone knows who he is because it was a big thing, but he was able to get so easily canceled because he, he had no one on his side, no body of work to to fall back on. And, uh, you know, the only people on his side was just the New York comics who have seen him around and thought he was funny. Right. Everyone else, the first thing they're hearing about him is he's a racist. That's the only thing that they, they saw that clip that was taken out of context and, they, and then this story about him. Uh, yeah, exactly. So that's the thing. It's like the people who really get canceled and it, and it really fucks them up are like, you know, the younger comics who will people, you know, uh, who will, you know, fucking alt bookers won't book them or like they'll be not afforded stage time because they do like edgy jokes or whatever like that. And like. And like, or or even like newer comics. It's not even that they get canceled. It's that they're not even afforded opportunities in the industry in the first place ever. And that's the thing. Like, people don't want to take a chance on. It's like the the industry. And by the way, I don't think the industry actually bleep cares about this stuff. They're like, this is where it's going, and none of us want to get yelled at. No, yeah, no, it's exactly what it Todd is. Todd Phillips was being completely honest. People, it's not just him who's saying I don't want to make comedies anymore. It's also the industry, and the whole comedy industry doesn't want to take chance on anything that could possibly get them heat on twitter which is right. like yeah which is like that is 
and that that's what why it was so crazy that he that everyone pounced on him and proved his point in the process. Exactly. He was voicing albeit maybe in a very tactless way, what a lot of the industry is like actually believing. And the difference is the industry isn't saying we're, because they can't walk away from comedy completely like Todd did. They're like, okay, we're just going to green like the safest thing that maybe everyone's going to like. And right. so we're back to the fucking 90s or the 80s or 90s yeah. or whatever. But instead of a guy in a fucking uh, suit talking about like, so oh, oh, you, you can't uh, park in a driveway, but you drive in a parkway. What's with that? Instead of that, it's just like some like, you know, Muslim guy who looks like he can skateboard being like, mm, so I'm awkward. You know? Yeah. It's like dating and t- uh, Bumble and Tinder fucking jokes. Yeah. Yeah. And by the way, I would like to clarify, I am, I'm a, I am like very liberal. I voted Democrat my whole life. And that's what's, I shouldn't, I, I should just like, people don't even afford you any, you know, they, they read everything in bad faith. Everything's a fucking bad faith argument now. Yeah. And that was the whole thing about Shane. I'll, I'll even go on Reddit and Shane will just come up in like random fucking threads and they'll just be like, uh, they'll just be like, uh, uh, well, you know, there's guys like Shane Gillis who don't even try to be funny, and they're pieces of shit. And it's like, you, first of all, you don't know him. You've never met him. You have no context for who he actually is. He can be a dickhead, for sure, but he's not, like, a bad person. I don't know him super well, but, like, you know, I don't... He's been nicer to me than most of these woke fucking Brooklyn comics. Even from... See, I've met him, like, multiple times. I would ne- I wouldn't... I, I, I would be like, he's a nice guy. He's always been nice to me. I like him. I feel like I know him and he's a nice guy. But I would never be quick to say he is a good person or he is a bad person, even though I've met him so many times. And these people are quick to say he's a bad person because they read a headline about yeah, him. I think he even made this point. is like He can't be lazy or bad at comedy to get... The SNL, shit that, SNL uh, he he did fucking new faces this year. Like, I mean, they don't just pick anybody for that. Yeah, like, you know, like that's a big fucking deal. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's insane. And it's also, I think, a lot of these like newer like woke comics uh, that don't really even get booked as much. I don't even think they believe some of this shit they're saying. I think they feel like they, if they jump on this bandwagon, it'll help them get booked at these like. Uh, oh, that's a huge part of it. A yeah. lot of people want good boy points, and and they're and honestly, they're like right that it's like it's not even that it'll help them get booked. They'll just ingratiate themselves way more into that like scene, which is like that alt scene, which the industry loves right now. So they're rubbing elbows with all the other woke people. I mean, Tim Dillon said this. You know, mediocre comics are like really really uh watching out for each other like the mob yeah right he's now. like they're more loyal to, to each other than the mob. Yeah, and yeah it's it's well, insane. You'll see this all the time on Facebook, like. I think that blank's gonna be the, the is the funniest comment I've ever seen. You gotta book him, and I'm like, do you? Yeah, <laughs> do you gotta nobody, book this guy. Nobody well, care needs to see this. Yeah, nobody needs to see this fucking guy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting what we talked about earlier. This kind of goes back to um, I met you in L.A. Mm-hmm. and when I was out there, like I had you know moved there from Birmingham, and I wasn't like. Uh, you probably see both sides of those uh, of the political spectrum. Huh? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like uh, Birmingham's more woke than you would believe. Like, is Birmingham like a big city? Uh, it's kind of like in the middle. You I, know? I feel like, like every urban center, even in the south, is pretty liberal. Yeah, yeah. It, I'm very surprised Birmingham is woke, though. Yeah, and, and me too. Yeah.
But um, when I was in L.A., though, uh, I wasn't, like, super political. Like, I, I, I didn't follow politics that much. When I moved out there, like, I, it's hard to say this without sounding crazy, but uh, maybe you'll know what I'm talking about. Like, you're around all these, like, woke comics, which a lot of my I, I still love to death and, like, some of them are the funniest people ever, like, in the alt scene. Mm-hmm. And it kind of almost brainwashes you in a way. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, definitely. I mean, LA kind of breaks your brain. And like, It was like you were talking about earlier. You went and read an old message. Like, yeah. You could probably find several uh, like messages like that for yeah. me, too. The thing, though, is like I do think I did genuinely believe that Tosh thing at the time. I, I think my it wasn't so much my environment. I was really liberal like woke liberal like in high school and growing up. I always loved edgy comedy, but like I was like in terms of my politics, I was always super liberal. And I think LA, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I'm not sure what when I when I got really mad at like this woke stuff. I, I think LA, but LA does specifically. I think it was more so that LA made me mad than I. I wasn't very good at like blending in. I think same. Although, area, I don't yeah. know because I remember thinking like. I don't know about all this stuff. You know, I don't know. L.A. just sucks. I, it I, does. Like, I, I, I felt very out of place in L.A. in, in many respects. I did, too, man. Like, uh, I, it's insane. I've only been here five days, and, like, I, I could totally see moving here over L.A. Mm-hmm. I'll never fucking live in L.A. again. Yeah. Unless, unless I was offered, like, a, a amazing fucking yeah. gig or something. It, yeah. And it would have to be really fucking good, because uh, I, I fucking hated it. <laughs> yeah. I would go back to L.A. just because it's kind of cl- it's closer to home for me, but um, and, I, and you can do more comedy. But, yeah, in terms of the city itself, it is just, like, it feels very, like, nobody does have, like, authentic opinions. I no, mean, yeah, at all. Look, and, and look at fucking... I got... I got more people to unfollow me recently, like talking about how, like, but for for me standing by comedy, I got more. All the comedians who unfollowed me all live in LA. Yeah, <laughs> like, of course they like, do. And first of all, they were probably just like, "Why am I still following this guy? I don't need anything from him." And because that's like the whole LA ethos. It's like everyone, and that's kind of comics in general, but it really comes down to LA. It's like everyone's like, "Well, what can I get from you? Like, what do you do? What do you right. do? What do you book? Are you are you anybody? Are you somebody?" Like people in LA, they talk in that language. They're like, what can I get from you? It's like, incredibly like if you're not used to that, like incredibly fucking cringy too. Like yeah. if you if say you took just a friend that's not that doesn't do comedy, mm-hmm. just a regular fucking guy, and you brought him to LA and to hang out with those people, like what yeah. the fuck is wrong with these yeah, people? Yeah, like like yeah. why did people talk like this? Well, it's funny when I, how many comics and people I knew who like acted like the friendliest people to me, like they're like good buddies of mine. Yeah. First of all. Sorry, as I turn my mic off. Uh, no, uh, it's funny, like, the amount of people who, like, when I first moved to L.A., or when I, I booked a, bi- a big, but, like, a weekly show people wanted to be on, and suddenly I had a ton of friends in L.A. I was really oh, popular. Course. The minute that show went away, like, yeah, all of them nothing. disappeared. And then, like, when newer comics would come and see that I was a guy that people, like, maybe who were who was on shows or whatever, suddenly all these people in L.A. were like... Oh my God, we're friends. Whenever like a new comic would come in, they'd be like, yeah. "Who was like su- super ladder climbing?" They're like, "We're friends. We're buddies." Oh my God, like comments on my stuff, interact with me, all this stuff. As soon as I moved to New York, all of them just stopped. Yeah, like, of they course. don't check in with me at all. Like, you know, just like, oh, so none of that was real. That yeah. was all. Of fake. course, it's yeah, it's like you said, just oh, ladder God, climbing. So full fucking sociopaths, and I'm sure that's every industry, but it feels like entertainers are especially like the absolute fucking worst. Yeah, um, actors too. Oh, for sure. I, I bet you it's so much fucking worse. Mm-hmm. Like, I, if you could believe it. There but. are definitely more comics. We'll keep it real. But I also think a lot of comics have, like, horrible... It's crazy how many comics make it who... I talk to them in conversation. I'm like, 
you're not making me laugh at all. Like so many of them just yeah. don't make me laugh and aren't funny. They're not funny like on or off, like off stage. <laughs> like bo- both exactly. fucking terrible. Well, sometimes they can like craft a joke and that's like kind of weird. It's like, how are you like good at crafting a joke but you just have no funniness off stage just no fucking like comedic instincts yeah, whatsoever exactly did somebody tell you to do this yeah. like that's why i started is because like i had people tell me like you should try it you yeah because i would be funny like you know just in regular conversation yeah it's just something i always want to do yeah i also got people telling me all to do it and all this stuff yeah Yeah. Well, there's some of these people who just clearly also want to make it entertainment and see comedy as like a shortcut, I think. Yeah. That's got to be it. Because I talked to them and I'm like, I feel like you don't like comedy. I feel like, like, what specials did you watch growing up? Who told you were funny? When do you, have you ever made anyone laugh? You know, I just like, I, I literally think that. That's always the weirdest to me too, like comics that seem like they don't just like not follow comedy, but they fucking hate it. Yeah. It's like what? I'm growing to hate comedy. <laughs> no, like, yeah, but you know, like, you, you, no, you I still listen to a shitload of comedy podcasts. Yeah, like I know you like know like about like good comedy. I know. Grew up watching comedy. Oh, yeah, I do love comedy overall, yeah. but I hate. I think this is the worst time to do comedy. Yeah, yeah, and honestly, like, look no farther than like SNL. Like SNL has always been SNL, but I don't think there's ever been a time in SNL history. This is the first time in SNL history there hasn't been a single big breakout character. Right. Like who? David S. Pumpkins? Yeah. Th- that's like the most recent big character. And that was like 2016 and a host did it. Yeah. <laughs> that That's weird too. And that you... character is like an anti-character. He's like a nothing character. Right. And you get a lot of that too with SNL. Like the biggest like... Like you've got like Alec Baldwin doing Trump. Like why is Anthony Atomniak not doing that? Yeah, well it might come because if Biden wins, it's like yeah, who's gonna who's gonna be? Because they don't want to hire any old white men anymore. But like yeah. our politics is all white guys, all old right. white guys. It's like so tipsy. It's like and meanwhile their best cast member ever was like fucking Phil Hartman. So right. I don't know what the trepidation is. I'm so glad you said that. Like uh, not that I get a lot of disagreement about how great Phil Hartman is, but when I tell people like that's like probably like top three yeah me. i think it's top five yeah it's like you gotta you gotta definitely yeah. like look at his work I, I mean yeah i would go like norm although he's not he was he's actually pretty he wasn't like a cast member he's just an update but like norm sandler farley will ferrell and phil hartman oh although mike myers dana carvey are also great too eddie murphy uh tina fey uh art kristen week samberg damn yeah a lot of great people have been on snl it, but the thing is, like, right now, there's just no... And there's a lot of talented people on the cast. Like, the, the fact that they're not, like, using Kyle Mooney yeah. as much as they could... Like, they, I don't think they realize, like, what they have for yeah. them. Like, yeah. It's insane that guy hasn't blown up bigger than he has. Well, that's the, thing, the biggest cast member right now is Pete Davidson, but he's not even famous for anything he's done on the show. Right. <laughs> <laughs> he's famous for dating, like, Ariana, Ariana Grande. Grande. Yeah. And, like, yeah, so, like... so And that's, like, the... And that's, like... I think they kind of brought in Shane because they know they have a problem, and it's like the culture didn't let them do that. Yeah, it's like, it, <laughs> can you imagine if they tried to bring in Norm today or oh fucking Sandler or Farley today? They're literally Sandler. Uh, Chris Farley was a Republican. Yeah. They would not let that happen. Right. I'm. Imagine him being alive today, like, yeah. the sh- like the shit he would be tweeting about. But like, it sucks. It's like he's clearly a good-hearted person. Like, why does he have yeah. to have the perfect political opinions? Right. Exactly. It's weird, um, but yeah. Uh, what were we talking about? Oh, the, the 
the biggest like thing that if I were Shane Gillis that would have made it this whole thing worth it was the tweets from Norm. Yeah. That was just like, oh man, like I actually am kind of jealous of yeah. him at this point. Yeah. Like it all it all seems worth it just for that. Well yeah, I, I heard he just got I heard he got a bunch of big comics like reaching out to him. Yeah. Yeah. Well he was just on Stand Up's podcast too, so Yeah, I can't wait I to I think hear that. comedians, like stand up comedians, most of the comics like get it. And that was like that was so weird to see like Pat Oswalt and like Chris Titus and Dana Gould and all these guys. I kind of get Zach Amico when I talked about it on my podcast earlier brought up that like oh well Dana Gould has like Chinese daughters on the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah. I get that. Like, and that's the thing. It's like if you're an Asian, a person of Asian descent, I do not blame you for hating Shane. But it's like the problem is we're in this like this media sphere where it's like they're like these podcasts are taking on a con it's like it feels weird for a comic to like and maybe because maybe an asian person wouldn't get mad at shane if they had full context for what he was doing right but if you take that little thing out of context and blow it up and shove it in an asian person's face of course they're gonna get fucking pissed right yeah exactly and i feel like it's it, it, the thing that upset me about like pat and dana gould and all them doing that uh uh, even Paul F. Tompkins, who to me, Paul like, Tompkins is long gone. He's like, what happened to that guy, man? He used to be so great, <laughs> like, and now I just first I, of all, he dresses stupid. Yeah, he dresses like it. a fucking carny, yeah. and like I, I really just can't stand him on Twitter anymore. But uh, you see people like them doing this is like you realize you have like millions of followers, and this is like an up and coming guy, and you're just throwing him under the fucking bus. Yeah, to all these people that are comedy fans. Yeah, that 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 you know, this is how they have to find out about him. Now. Yeah, well, they, they treated him like he deserved the same treatment like a racist cop who shot a black guy. Gets. Yeah, exactly, it's exactly. Like, it's what? really he's it's a comedian to do that. He's the first comedian who like who got canceled because of what they said on a podcast. And it's like people don't realize like you have to have one now. If you're coming up, you kind of like have to have one to build your fan base. And if you don't have one, you pr- probably have to be on podcasts where you say crazy shit. And, and by the way. Yeah, and a lot, and even the fucking safe woke beloved ones like Comedy Bang Bang. Two years ago, you can hear so much cr- Chinese voice and like crazy shit. And just because famous people are saying them, what if a new person comes on and just like makes an edgy joke like that? You know, like yeah. 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 No, I mean. Yeah, well, Nick Kroll said like the N word, I believe, on comedy. He said, he said it on the uh, Oh Hello special. Yeah, <laughs> like, like, yeah, like two years ago. That's the thing. It's like we don't afford. Well, Farrell said it on SNL. Yeah. That's what's so crazy. Is it's like why do like we afford the people we like passes? So so we so, so then I think people might feel guilty about that. So they're like, oh, Shane Gillis. We don't know who he is, so fuck him. Right. It's it's incredibly shitty for comics to do that. Like, Chris Titus doing it was like a big, like, what the fuck? Uh, yeah. Two years ago, about parted police force. Yeah. Me and her watched it. <laughs> it, 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 it talked about on an episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely check. Yeah. I think it's just like these older guys who are worried about the fact that they're aging and they have such a reaction to like, they don't want to be seen as an aging white guy with aging white guy opinions. Yeah. And they're used to being, and also they're famous, so they're like beloved by the press and they want to maintain that. So there's pressure on all ends, but I don't know how they don't see the naked hypocrisy and don't have any empathy for the guys coming up right now. It's like, about Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. If you 
some type of way about Shane Gillis and you disagree with everything he's doing, I think the best move is don't fucking go with him. You have like millions of followers that are going to fucking hate them. And the problem is, and the other problem is like, then the press will run these articles like comedians speak out against Shane Gillis. So then the public will think, oh, well, if comedians don't like him too, then I guess it's okay. Right. Because like, I think what's great about like free speech and these things is like, like like Andrew Yang said this like it's different with comedians that's kind of how it should be you know I love I love Andrew Yang yeah I mean I was always on Team Yang and I'm like yeah this is great it doesn't think people are getting out yeah but I digress it, it should be that comedians should be afforded more of that it comes with the territory and also there's political and historical precedent like Lenny Bruce and I hate to invoke these guys because it's always pretentious but it's a direct fucking line yeah. No matter how you yeah. fucking slice it. Well, Lenny Bruce, even like I mean, these are the guys also who like who like paved the way for the First Amendment to be to cover this for comedians. Like Lenny Bruce had cops at his fucking shows waiting for him to get off stage if he said cocksucker. And and uh, Carlin went to the Supreme Court to fight for uh, uh, seven dirty words. Got played on the radio and he got fined like a bunch of money or yeah. whatever. And so like comedians are on the forefront of being able to say naughty naughty language. And liberals cheered them on at the time, but now it's the complete inverse. It's a invert. complete 180, man. Yeah. It's insane. But they want to, like, pat themselves on the back like they love the edgy stuff, like they still love free speech. Right. The- Andrew Dice Clay. Well, yeah, it was Carlin criticizing Andrew Dice Clay's comedy. And it's like, I see what he was coming from at the time because, like, what did he say? I didn't actually see the clip. Do you know? Right. He was like, oh, he, he was like, oh, it punches down towards minorities and gays and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, and but the whole like argument. Carlin. Carlin was an SJW. Yeah, like if Carlin were here now, he would be on the I I guarantee you that if Carlin, first of all. I was pro going against Tosh when that happened. I don't think Carlin at all could have seen the fucking last seven years of how insane things have gotten and how crazy things have shifted. The goalposts have moved so crazy so quickly. At the time, Dice was coming around for the first time. He was selling out Madison Square Garden doing insanely problematic stuff at a time when, like, you know, minorities and women weren't being represented as much in comedy. So I could see why Colin would speak out against that. But these days, it's just so the opposite. And also, I'll bet you, if Dice Clay was in a position where he was getting wildly flagellated by the entire country and was losing job opportunities because of uh, jokes he said and not just like getting huge fan bases in Madison Square Garden, he would speak out in favor of Dice. Oh, yeah, I for 100% sure. believe for that. For sure, like... Because if you look at his... He has so many bits where the thesis is rape jokes can be funny. That's a whole bit he does. Yeah. He, it's one of my... It, he goes, uh, you don't think rape's funny? Picture Daffy Duck raping Porky Pig or whatever. And... Uh, and he does a whole. I mean, he, this guy did the seven dirty words. He goes in front of Congress. He might be criticizing Dice because at the time Dice was a phenomenon, and that could have been scary. I mean, it's like a fucking. I wouldn't even say that he was throwing him under the bus. It's just like him basically being like, not for me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he was also like being like, from what I read, I didn't watch the the clip, so this is kind of obnoxious, probably. But he was like. 
if you criticize gays, minorities, and you're a weak man or something like right. that. And it's like, I get where you're coming from. And like Dice did it super bluntly, but it's also like, but like Dice was a phenomenon at the time. You had yeah. to comment on it. And now, I don't know. It's, 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 I also think that the anti Dice outrage is also super of that moment and doesn't really hold up. Yeah, no. I, I think the fact that people are so afraid of Dice that like people boycotted him and didn't appear on SNL when he hosted, I think that's stupid. <laughs> yeah. But back then, I think the context was a little bit different. Yeah. Like, you know, uh, I think he's generally speaking about like if you criticize gays and minorities, like you're a weak person. Right. right I don't right. think he means like if you go on stage, all. You're a weak and I know almost for a fact that Carlin would never say ever he would never say Dice shouldn't be allowed to go on stage or Dice shouldn't be allowed to be on TV or have opportunities I mean it is but it is and by the way I'm like I'm not saying you shouldn't criticize Shane or dislike Shane if someone went on TV and just said I don't like what Shane does. I'd be like, fair. He's edgy. He's not for everybody. That's what you, that's the price you pay for divisive comedy. But the difference is people are saying, I don't like it, so you shouldn't be allowed to be famous. Even if more... Yeah. And we're going to make you famous for bad reasons and make people afraid to book you. I bet Shane can't get booked in fucking Brooklyn right now. Oh, yeah, for sure. I was hoping I could catch him on a fucking show. I think he... Uh, host one tonight uh, at the stand. Oh, that was back. last night. I think. It was like, oh, well, fuck. <laughs> yeah. I missed that one. But uh, yeah, you know, I, I guarantee you, though, like he's having trouble getting booked in Brooklyn. Like. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it'll cool down and, and he'll be he'll be fine. But it just sucks what it says, like, for the culture. And it's like, especially people who like my dream is always to be on SNL when that happened. Like, and, you know, Shane would say, look, fuck it. You're not going to get SNL chill. <laughs> you know, yeah, like, yeah, but yeah. but it sucks that that door feels completely closed off. Or at least I have to, like, delete everything I ever did on my podcast, which I'm proud of. This is stuff I'm building, you know, yeah. on my own. And by you the have way, to get rid of all this stuff that you have, like, worked hard on and, like, are, like you said, proud of. Yeah. And it's just for, like, something that might not, that it probably won't even fucking happen now, like, yeah. because of shit like yeah, this. exactly. I think SNL's gonna be very careful and almost probably just not even bother hiring stand-ups for a while. I think it should end. Like, I think it's nearing the time SNL? for SNL to be fucking over. I don't know, man. Their ratings are really high. Trump was the best thing that could happen to them. Yeah, I mean, you're right. Although, I guess their premiere was down in the ratings or whatever. Yeah. SNL's never going away. The problem is that, like, every generation says SNL's the worst it's ever been, and then it's like, oh, remember that that was great right this one feels like no yeah well i mean i i think by that metric of like there's no good characters or whatever like honestly that's what are the big like there was a really funny weezer sketch last year but that was like almost not even an snl sketch that felt like more on brand for like a comedy central thing yeah yeah like that of recent memory, that's really the only funny thing I can recall from it. Didn't uh, Stephen Castillo like right there? Yeah, Stephen's hilarious, by the yeah, way. Yeah, he's really funny. I really like his stand-up, and he's good on Twitter, too. Yeah. That's the thing, they have funny people writing for it and like a lot of yeah. that stuff. I think that they're just so governed by the culture and there's just so like they're gonna get written up by every newspaper the, the day after that all those considerations are not good for a comedy show. Yeah. 
the people on it are good. Like, yeah. Talented, but like, it's there's so no one on the cast that I think shouldn't be on the cast. Does he? I didn't know that. Premiere? Oh, that's sick. Dan's really funny. Yeah, no, it's honestly, it's just because I'm sure when they're in the writers, I mean, it, even if they don't say it out loud, they have to consider now that and this isn't how it used to be. SNL on Sunday is going to be written up by every single major newspaper. Yeah. And the president might tweet about it. Yeah. That's not good. Yeah. Makes it harder to <laughs> to like kind of do whatever you want. Yeah, and that's why they probably that's why there's probably so much backlash against Shane getting hired on SNL. If he got hired on almost any other show, that wouldn't have happened. Yeah. It's because it's fucking SNL and like for, and there's a lot of bit, a lot of there's some genuine outrage, but a lot of it was like even non comedians would lo- like, the dream is always I want to be on SNL. I'm getting yeah. hired for SNL. That's like the dream, everyone's dream. I remember it used to be like, I guess I I, I could say like it was a dream for a time, even just to write for SNL. Mm-hmm. Like now it seems like man, that just seems like a fucking headache. I would take it in a second. I would definitely I would take. I love it. to do SNL. I would definitely take it, but I feel like I would be like just stress the fuck out like beyond fucking oh like, of course yeah well, i feel like it would break i've me. heard everyone there is like in in fear of losing their jobs too i uh, would i would maybe last a season like i i just know that shit would break me yeah it's definitely. just so hectic you know like yeah. i would love to fucking do it but it just maybe maybe like in the early 2000s and 90s, like mm-hmm. dream job would oh yeah when i was in high school i mean everyone says it was the best era but i really do think that's like one of the best eras like yeah, I think there was still pressure. People seemed to dislike it even then, but I think there was just so many. Like that was when, like, it was like John Mulaney or John Mulaney was writing, and it was yeah. like Andy Samberg and Jason Sudeikis, Kristen Wiig. Uh, I think Amy Poehler was still around. That cast was so fucking great, yeah. and those sketches. There's so many. If you want to talk breakout sketches and characters, there were so many. It was fucking tar- all of Kristen Wiig's shit, like Target Lady and. Uh, uh, Gilly and yeah. uh, all that shit. It's just so much, and yeah. like I can't name one now. Yeah, there was like Stinky or whatever, and then there was like every digital short seemed to be like like people talked about those right. Yeah. yeah. Now all people talk about is the political stuff. Right. It almost feels like and almost uh, how bad they did. It is. They did. <laughs> I think in the premiere they did like four political sketches, which is uh, crazy. Yeah. It used to be they just did political sketches like. They didn't. They did cold opens now and then, and then in an election year they'd start with cold opens, right. and that's it. Now it's just the political sketch show, and that's it. Yeah, that, like that's what I liked. Like it was variety. Like uh, that one season, like right, I think it was like the first year Adam McKay. Um, oh god, that's actually a great era too, god, dude. That it's so fucking underrated. Like the yeah. first season with Farrell, there was yeah. a sketch. Do you remember this sketch? And I think it was Adam McKay wrote it. The high sea and Turkey sketch. No, I don't. Oh man. Uh, it's Daniel Ao is the host and, uh, it's David Koechner and Nancy walls or mm-hmm. this couple. And, uh, Daniel Ao is like an insurance salesman. Just like, uh, they're like, Hey, can we get you anything to like drink or anything? He's like, Oh uh, yeah. If you got high sea and Turkey, that'd be great. And, uh, it was like, no, I'm sorry. We don't. And he's like, you don't, he's like, uh, makes a big fucking fuss about it or whatever and then like starts like insulting their fucking kid <laughs> like uh then the cops have to fucking come and it, it's just this really weird sketch yeah. it's like doesn't do it justice me yeah. talking about it <laughs> well that first uh well feral season norm was still on and getting a shitload of airtime yeah. which is so which is like norm's my favorite comedian there's a great one like there's a great one where they did like a uh um they did like a West Side Story parody, and everyone oh, starts yeah. dancing. And I was like, "Hey, what's going on?" <laughs> like, uh, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there's another great one where Norm gets in a car crash and Sylvester Stallone <laughs> comes to rescue him, and the whole time Norm just tells him how bad his movie sucks. Yeah, he's like, "Stop, stop, <laughs> stop, or my mom will shoot." Sucks. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's that's great. That one's good. Uh, there was one Norm did too. I think this was uh, like his first season, maybe. Uh, I actually have a VHS a SNL like uh, I think like 1999 or 1990 season like highlight vhs and it's like he's uh i forgot wh what host it was for like some sunday morning show and he's talking about like all these great he's like retiring he's talking about like all the great orgies he had like mm -hmm. from his time there and it's just like the weirdest like norm sketch I've yeah ever that's <laughs> but, great but yeah and um i think that about does it though man yeah sure what, when are you going back you're going back today i'm going back today we're flying out at uh what's birmingham like what's the scene like it's uh, not as many people, obviously, but it's it's getting better. We have like you know, almost like every night you could do a mic. Yeah. Um, Are you getting up a lot in Birmingham or? I mostly have to travel. Like I'll go to Atlanta. Uh, Atlanta's fucking amazing. Yeah. Down there, I've like, heard it's great. Yeah. Atlanta's great. There's a lot of Atlanta comics here, like Noah Garden Swartz and Shalila and Kevin. That's how. Oh, I use, okay, like, cool. But um. Yeah, Atlanta. I'll go to Tuscaloosa. Is a good like a really. I actually want to record an album there. Next oh, nice. Year. Um, there's Huntsville's a really good one. If you're ever like in the South, let me know. Huntsville has a show called Epic Comedy Hour. It's like filled the capacity like 300 people, and it pays really good. That's awesome. I've loved. I mean, I've only experienced the major cities in the South, but I fucking love it every time. Like, I really do. <laughs> I don't know how I do in the South, South, but uh, but I love like like yeah. do uh, if you're ever in Alabama, definitely. Oh yeah. Oh, that's oh great. Okay. Damn. All right. Okay. I'll have to do that. That one a couple times yeah. a year. I went to Nashville and New Orleans and Austin, and I had a blast at all three. Nashville's great. New Orleans, I haven't made it uh, to as much, but uh, I New Orleans actually, I would say the shows, the shows were all pr fine. But the city itself was so awesome. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I know. Uh, I also I, went the weekend. There was supposed to be a hurricane, so I think a lot of people weren't in the city. Yeah, yeah. But there was no hurricane. Yeah. <laughs> well, that, that's probably great because I know when it's fucking crowded, it's a goddamn nightmare yeah. there. It's hot as fuck down there, right? It gets really hot yeah, in the summer. Yeah, it gets really humid. Does it snow too? It the past. What's weird is like the past like five years it has didn't used to though. Okay. It just started like. My whole life it hasn't in the past five years it has. Okay. It was actually a fucking blizzard. The year I moved to LA, it was like three days after I moved to LA, there was a blizzard that like had people trapped in their wow, houses. Yeah. I was like, perfect fucking time to move. I just realized how bad optics it, the, the first 30 minutes of me ranting against liberals and you have like a southern accent. <laughs> <laughs> well, dude, uh, this is the audience for you then. Yeah, so you're good. You, go. you have nothing to worry about with that. Great. But um, yeah, uh, definitely. Yeah, let me know if you're ever in the south. There's a lot. Yeah, and like uh, I'll let you know Nashville too, like a lot of great places. Man, All right, man, thanks for doing it, man. Oh yeah, sure. Uh, and uh, yeah, group chat with Robbie Goodwin on iTunes. Uh, subscribe, rate, review. Thank you. Do that.